The Providence College Friars. Top for the crossover. The, the Big East. The rest of the college hoops world. Setting the screen. Dunn twisting his way in. This is the Providence Crier Podcast. With your host, a PC grad standing in at four feet tall. He is the Providence crier himself, Mike Surratt. Welcome, everyone, to another episode of the Providence Crier podcast. I'm your host, Mike Surratt, the Providence Crier. Follow me on Twitter. That's at Providence Crier. Uh, also, read our blog, theprovincecrier.com. And with me, as he is every week, we have BOC. Follow him at BOC all day. Today is Monday, November 22nd. It is Feast Week. It is upon us. Providence uh, is in the, um, the Roman Legends Classic, presented by Old Trapper uh, in Newark. And it's a special episode of the Province Crier podcast because if you're listening to this right now, I am probably on my way to go to BOC's house and then from there go to the game because we are going to have boots at the ground for the tournament. BOC, are you excited that I'm coming over? Yes, is nice. I don't know about I don't know if my wife is, but I know I know I certainly am. I'm just kidding. She's obviously happy to have you. Um, yeah, it's going to be a fun. It's going to be a fun two days, and I think it's a. Uh, perfect way to kick off the Thanksgiving week. You know, everybody's kind of leaning into the holiday week, holiday weekend, and uh, this is a good way to start it. So yeah, really fired up. Uh, this will be my first time seeing, uh, seeing the Friars live. So I'm looking forward to that. Oh, I didn't even think of that BOC. That that's, that's a real treat for you. Well, yeah. Uh, I mean, what's going to happen if they go 0 and 2, am I going to be, I, am I going to be banned from live games moving forward? No, no, no. I, I mean, we'll, we'll blame it on their prior uh, MTE uh, success or lack thereof. Um, but I will say this is my I usually go to or at least I'll try to go to MTE if it's, you know, within a decent commute. Right. Uh, PC's played in Mohegan. They've played in uh, the Empire. I think you and I were two clay 2K classic in New York MSG. Uh, you and I were there for that. Yeah, they I think beat, I was there, yeah. Uh, yeah, they beat St. Louis in the final. They crushed him after beating oh, yeah, yep, Washington. Yep, yep. Um, so hopefully, I feel like our presence being back in MTE is going to flip the, the, you know, the momentum here. And actually, the Friars are going to be good in these things like they used to be. Yeah, I think, I think we have a, uh, a strong presence about us. And uh, if, if, they, if they do well and they win this, we will take, we will take all the credit, and if they do horrendous, then we'll blame the team. Take no, yeah, take none of the blame. Blame, yeah. blame Ed and the boys. Yeah. yeah. Uh, so, so we will be there. Um, very excited. So the tournament, you know, the field is set. It's Province taking on Northwestern. Um, that game will be the second game of the Monday night slate at nine p.m. Probably nine thirty, if we're being realistic here. Um, First game will be between Georgia and Virginia. 
Um, and, you know, Providence going into this tournament at 4-0. Uh, last time we met, PC had the big win over Wisconsin, was hoping to take care of business against uh, UNH to close off the week, which they did, a 69-58 to victory um, last Thursday. So Providence has a lot of momentum going into this thing. And, you know, I, I, we wrote that article that came out on Sunday about the tournament as a whole. And to be honest with you, the way we look at it now, I think the winner of Monday night's game at 9 or 9.30 p.m. is going to determine the champion of this thing. Just the way things are going. I don't know if you feel differently. I, I, I do because I think if – and granted, Virginia is not playing well. I'm making the assumption Virginia is going to win, which may be a poor assumption. Um, but I think playing Virginia's, you know, the pack line defense under Bennett, that's just something you're never really seeing. It's like it's like playing college football and going against the option. You're just not used to it. So I think, um, you know, even though Virginia's not playing all that well, I could see them winning it. But I do think the matchup between Providence and Northwestern is, you know, on paper as of right now, the better matchup. Two teams are undefeated. Yeah, I mean, Northwestern, you know, this is the same Northwestern team that we saw, uh, was that last year or two years ago? Two years, two, two years, years ago. ago. Yeah, yeah. Two years ago now. Um, so, you know, this it's pretty much the same team with a few new faces, uh, like some freshmen. Um, they didn't really add on the transfer portal. But um, I think they got a dangerous team, man. I mean, you know, last year, I don't think they were very good last year either. They certainly weren't good the year that PC lost to them. But mind you, no, no Nate Watson in that game. That's a very important thing yeah. to consider. Um, but, uh, you know, they got a solid squad between uh, Boo Booey at the guard spot. They got a good guard forward combo between Bowie and Pete Nance. Um, and then on top of that, you got Ryan Young. Uh, who's, who's another good big in the fold that crushed us in that, that game. He was a freshman then, junior now. Yep. Um, you know, I, I think it it's going to be a really good game, a game that PC, I think, should win. But they're going to be – I think they're going to be underdogs the, the way, you know, according to Ken Palm, I told you Ken Palm is pretty much what the lines are going to be these days, even though you don't like Ken Palm. Yeah, yeah. Again, Ken Palm had us losing by five and a half to Wisconsin. So there, there's that. Um, but yeah, I, w- I was actually at that game two years ago in Chicago. I was out there for business, and obviously, you know, I made a trip and saw them play. Pete Nance, Pete Nance is probably one of the best players we're going to see to date. And granted, it's only we're only what four games in, but he's like your typical like versatile modern big, where he's he's averaging eighteen and eight. He has a little over two blocks a game, but he's also made in four games six threes, which you don't really see from a you know bigger man. So he's he's got a lot of potential. Um, they're big older block too. guy too. He, he's a big he's a big block guy. Uh, Nance. He had four in their win over New Orleans the other day, and then uh, let's see what. I mean, what, what's he averaging block wise? Two two point three. I thought that's when pretty said, damn good. When, when, when you said block, I thought you said something else. I'm like, oh, <laughs> oh, thank you. I'm like, oh, that's good. Um, <laughs> thank you for that, sir. Uh, Ryan Young, to your point, he's putting up 13 and four. He's their third leading scorer. Um, he put up 16 and seven against us two years ago, and he came off the bench. And he's like that typical guy where he doesn't look like a, uh, a high level D1 player, but he just no. puts you, put you to work. Um, 
And Bowie, who we know well, and I won't get into my whole rant, I won't get on my soapbox. He's a mass rivals guy, right? Along with uh, Case Sim- Wait, Case Was Bowie? Uh, yeah, yeah. Damn. I am fairly certain. Hold on. I'll, now you have me doubting myself. Hold on. Well, uh, I mean, while you look that up, I mean, for those who don't know, um, BOC has a, had a heat. Well, you probably do know if you're reading the blog in the recruiting stuff. BOC had a huge crush on Casey, Casey Simmons as a recruit. And uh, and uh, he really wanted PC to go after him. They didn't give that hard of an effort, and he ends up at Northwestern. So, so yeah, so um, yes, I think Mass Rivals has a great program. We should be trying to get one or two players from there, or maybe one player there each year because they just pump out D one talent. Bowie, he went to, <clears throat> he's from Maine. He went to, I'm gonna butcher this Gould Academy, and I. Uh, confirming that I think he was playing for mass rivals. Casey yeah. Simmons I mean, did. if he's in Maine, I, do, I bet you he would. I mean, there's really but no like, other. He was, he was an, he was an unranked three star and just looking at the offers Northwestern was by far his best offer. So I think he's one of those guys who has significantly, significantly outperformed his ranking from high school, but like good on uh good on Northwestern and the staff for finding him. And then, it seems like that opened up the pipeline with Casey Simmons, who's promising. So they just have like, you know, with Nance, Bowie, and Young, they have a really good trio there. And they're, you know, they're they're upperclassmen, they're older. Um, it's going to be a really tough game. It's, you know, I think we left the game two years ago when we lost to them saying, wow, we just had a really horrendous loss. This one, yep. like, I think Northwestern might actually be like a bubble team. They could be potentially an a NCAA tournament team. So this is a good litmus test for us. Yeah, especially with all, all the Big Ten teams going down to Big East teams. I mean, yeah. <laughs> the, the avenue's open there for them to to creep in. But uh, but like but yeah, but the reason why I'm saying that is if we if if we lose tomorrow, I don't think it should be the like oh the sky is falling type thing. I think we should. It's tough because it's Northwestern, but you should logically say like, hey, this is a good team. You know, like good on them. They beat us on a neutral court. Uh, on to the next one. Let's win. Let's win the next game the next night. That's fair, but I mean, let's be honest. If we lose that one. You're you're going to be upset. I think at more so at the overall theme of what's been going on here in MTEs as of late. So I don't know. Yeah. I, I don't see you being like, oh, oh well. Good no, I, I will never be. I will never be. Oh well, but I will. <laughs> Um, in the heat of the moment, I, I think I say some of the more ludicrous things on this planet, but um, thinking, you know, the, the sobering view the next morning, I'll probably say, you know, it's all good. I think, I think like we've had a horrendous past couple of years in these MTEs, these holiday tournaments. We've been absolutely atrocious. I think one and one is, you know, y- your status quo. You're like, okay, that's good. Two and oh, you're like, wow, heightened the old, heightened expectations for this team probably going into the next week and against Texas Tech nationally ranked could you be what at that point seven and oh because you have a game against St. Peter's I think on Friday? Yeah, Saturday yeah Saturday sorry um so you'd be seven and oh going into Texas Tech um but I think if you could split here you you shrug your shoulders and say okay good like they they exercise the demons from the holiday tournaments um oh and two would just be you know the <laughs> 
the pressure starts to be on Cooley again. He's like, okay, this this shouldn't be happening every single year. Yeah, and, and it's like the the four and up start kind of just goes right out the window. Oh, I, I, all the great point, Mike. All the all the goodwill that we created with the Wisconsin win and the four and up start goes right out the window. Um, so looking at the other side of the bracket quickly, and then and then we'll get back to preview uh, the first game of the night. Um, so other side, we got Georgia and Virginia, both teams having pretty poor seasons so far to start out. Uh, both are two and two. Um, Georgia opened the year with, you know, narrowly beating an FIU team by seven points. Then they lost at Cincinnati by five. Uh, followed that up with a 16-point win against South Carolina State, and I can't really count. And then uh, this past Thursday, or was it Friday? Yeah, no, on Friday they lost to Georgia Tech, uh, their in-state rival, by 10. Um, you look at the Bulldogs, Tom Crean still at the helm there. I got to think his seat is kind of hot at this point. <laughs> I mean, you can't really blame the guy. Like, Georgia's a tough job, right? I mean, the SEC is only getting better. In hoops, and Georgia's it, never it, been good tough, to be in. Is with. it a tough job, though? I, I would say it is. Yeah. Like, I, dude, I like. There's so much talent, basketball talent that they get there down there. I understand it's a uh, football school through and through, but like the SEC, like, isn't exactly a juggernaut. They should be able. He should be able to be bringing in. I think top twenty-five classes, especially with his pedigree. Um, so yeah, you're probably giving him a longer leash than I would. But I guess when you when you're a coach of a school where Football is so much more important than basketball. And basketball, honestly, is probably an afterthought there. And maybe it is a little bit more difficult. Think about – but, like, think about how, like, the fit, though. Like, the fit's just not right. Like, Tom Crean, this good Christian man, uh, like, very religious, uh, and he goes to Georgia, whose religion is football. So, like, Like, he, like me, Hugh Freeze and Ole Miss. Yeah, ex- exactly. So, like, you know, it's just, like, I don't know. I don't think it's a great fit. I think I think Georgia is a harder job than you're giving it credit for. Yes, they produce NBA talent uh, with Anthony Edwards most recently, um, but that was a cream guy. Uh, but Contavious uh, Caldwell Pope, uh, another guy. So they produce talent in the NBA, but like they haven't been like that great of a program. And you think about yeah. the SEC, like typically it's only Kentucky, Florida, and maybe Tennessee, right? But now you got the schools like Bama, Bama, which was a hard job. Nate Oates has kind of flipped that on its head. So clearly there's a guy in Musselman at Arkansas. Arkansas was great in like the nineties, I believe, but have been pretty subpar kind of in our lifetime uh, or at least the last 20 years. And like muscle milk has done a great job there. So, um, so I think it can be done to, to your point, I guess, but I will say you look at the past, like it's shown like it's not as easy as it may, may seem to be. I hear you. Valid, valid points all around. I get what you're saying. Um, but but they're guard dominant at Georgia, um, which you would kind of expect after producing Anthony Edwards. <laughs> you would think all the guards would want to just go there, do their one and done or whatever. He uh, he, so, he could he could have gone anywhere and he would have been he would have been just fine. Yeah, <laughs> actually, maybe maybe even in a better spot if he was on a better yeah, team. Very very good point. But uh, Aaron Cook's their leading scorer, fifteen points per game, 7.8 assists per game. This might be the best guard. Uh, I mean, we might not see them, but if we do see them, it's going to be one of the better guards that, that PC faces. Um, you know, look at the rest of the team. They only have three scores in double figures um, with 
with uh, forward Jalen Ingram. They're, they're an old team, too. I mean, going back to Cooley's point, I've been like, we got an old team. Well, Ed, yeah. it seems like everyone has an old team if you really look at the roster. Yeah. Uh, and then Braylon uh, Bridges, another guy, senior, guard from Georgia, 14.3, six and a half per game. Um, so they got a veteran squad, but, I mean, clearly the results haven't been exactly what Tom Crean's wanted. Then you look on the other side, man. Virginia has been terrible. Yes. Terrible. 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 Like, like you watch them play, and it's like, oh my God, is, is the cupboard is the cupboard barren at Virginia from I, all the talent that they've had over the past couple of years? Dude, I have I have no clue. Like they well, they so who's it? The kid from the kid who went in the first round who came out of nowhere. He was a transfer from Rice, and he's now he's playing for the Pelicans, I think. What's that kid's name? He played um, at Virginia, right? Uh, Ty Jerome? No, it's like Trey something. Um, well, yeah, no, lost, had, say it again? They've, they've lost so many guys. Like, yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. I mean, D. uh graduated. They lost um, the wing that w- that's on uh, the Hawks that was in the national title game. The oh, yeah, Dr- Hunter, DeAndre Hunter. Yeah, right? DeAndre Hunter. There you go. Uh, Ty Jerome, um, uh, Kyle Guy. So they've lost so many pieces that that uh Bennett built this program on and you know he tried to replace the talent with with some transfers and I mean the transfers are producing they're their top two scores all the transfers yeah. in, in uh Jaden Garter who played at ECU and then Armand Franklin who was backcourt mates with Al Durham at Indiana who I really like I really like uh um Franklin a lot but you know they only average 10.8 assists per game. That's, that's not very good. For so Virginia I looking, basketball? I was looking at their roster from last year. So Justin McCoy, he transferred to UNC, and I think he was going to get a lot of burn there this year. Um, Sam Hauser, you know, remember him. Um, yeah. The guy I was thinking of, Trey Murphy, was the, was the guy who was drafted. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Yep. Stud. Um, Jay, Jay Huff, remember Jay Huff? So they just lost. They lost a ton of talent. Um, and Virginia, like even though they won, even though they won the Natty, Virginia is not a team that reloads. Like Bennett is very much a hey, recruit to a system, and mm-hmm. you know that when that happens, you're going to have these lulls, but you're also going to have those years. Maybe not. You can't expect a national championship every year, but those years where the pieces all align and you have players that are fitting the role perfectly. So. It's definitely a rebuilding year for Virginia, and hopefully Providence can take advantage of that if they are to go on on Tuesday after winning Monday night. Well, I, I honestly think, like, Virginia, we could possibly not even play Virginia if we were to win yeah. on Monday. I mean, honestly, like, like think about this, BFC. 10.8 assists per game, 13 yeah. turnovers per game as a oh, team. That's, that's good. That is not Tony Bennett basketball. Like, no, by any no, means. it is not. Um. You know, Kihei Clark, a guy that I think everyone kind of just assumed would be the star because he flashed as, you know, a role player on prior teams, but he really just hasn't been that guy. 9.8 uh, points per game, three assists per game. Uh, yeah, like, you know, who knows? Maybe, maybe we do face Virginia, and maybe it is the rock fight that I fear a uh, a 50 to, like, 41 loss. But yeah. – <laughs> 
the way it looks right now, I don't know. Virginia, and it stinks because, of course, you realize we went from this tournament of being us, Gonzaga, Louisville, and Oklahoma State to now having to be no ranked teams when this thing tips off on Monday. Uh, so it's unfortunate. It is very unfortunate going from MSG to the Prudential Center in beautiful Newark on a Monday night. That is a steep downgrade. It's a fall from grace. Yeah, I you know I live in Jersey. I love New Jersey, but uh, if I could cut out Newark and ship it elsewhere, I probably would. <laughs> all right. Well, all right. So we're, we're going to take a quick break. Uh, we'll come back. We'll we'll get a little bit of a preview of the Northwestern game. We'll get an article out too for uh, the Northwestern game as well. But um, we'll preview that game and close out with a few thoughts from around college hoops after a quick word from our sponsor, Anchor. Welcome back to the Province Crier podcast. All right, BOC, we talked about it a little bit in the opening here, but let's kind of take a a little bit deeper of a dive into the game. 9 p.m., PC versus Northwestern. First game of the Roman Legends uh, Classic presented by Old Trapper Beef. Uh, You know, it's, it's going to be an interesting one. Well, one team is going to walk out of there undefeated, and another team is not, BOC. So what are your thoughts for the Friars to be that team to go into the championship game undefeated? So uh, I think what they need to do is, one, they need to feed Nate Watson early and often. Um, I, I've been really frustrated with the end of the Wisconsin game and then the last game against UNH where – Watson just isn't getting enough touches. I think if I recall from our article and watching the game, I think he only had eight, att- eight attempts maybe. Um, yeah, I think he had 17 points. Yeah, so eight, 17, on, 17 on eight attempts. How crazy is that? Um, yeah. And he didn't get the – I don't think he got any touches in the last five or six minutes against Wisconsin. So, like, there needs to be, a, like, a come-to-Jesus moment where they say, okay, listen, like, I know we want to be a perimeter-oriented team, apparently, but it's just not working right now. Like, the three ball's not really dropping all that well for us. Watson is such a dominant offensive player. They need to get he should be he should be at a minimum. It's like a great running back. He should be at a minimum getting 15 putting up 15 attempts a game no matter what. Like all great running backs you should get like 20 touches a game where that's how it used to be. Um Watson needs to be the focal point of the offense and it frustrates me to no end when he's not. Um so I think set the tone early cuz probably Pete Nance and or Ryan Young will be guarding him. So it, has a couple effects. It gets the touches to one of our best players offensively and potentially also gets them in foul trouble. And just guarding him is tiring. So maybe they'll, they'll be exerting so much energy defensively, they won't be as great offensively. Um, so I would start there as probably the first talking point when saying how do we secure a victory. Yeah, for sure. I mean, um, obviously got want to get Watson involved, um, not only because he's your best player, but I also think, Getting, you know, you can potentially get Young or Nance in foul trouble. That would be huge to kind of shorten their their rotation uh, rotation for their front court. Um, you know, I also I'll, I'll say this in terms of getting Watson more touches. I don't understand why we don't do this. Pick and roll. Hello, pick and yeah. roll. Simple pick and roll. Like, come on, Watson is like that's why I just don't understand. Because you look at Watson, his hands around the basket are phenomenal. Yeah. But, like, he's made some great catches this year. 
corralling balls uh, between multiple defenders and still being able to finish in traffic. Like, why don't we get him involved in the pick and roll? I think that could help out Jared Bynum. I think that could help out Nate Watson. I think that could help out a guy like Al Durham. I think it could help out a guy like Adrian Reeves on the wing. Like, you have the option, if you did that, pick and roll, either, you know, have Nate dry, uh, pass it to Nate, Nate, have the guard take it themselves, or kick it out for a three. Like, I don't understand why, why we don't incorporate more pick and roll offense. So he is – so it, it's a great point, by the way. He is setting those high screens at the top, but it's more so it seems like it's to free, it's to free up the point guard but, like, it seems like when he's setting these picks, and I think you may have mentioned this on a previous pod or maybe it was over text, but it seems like they're trying to be – they're he's rolling they, away. They rush, the, yeah. Yeah. like They like, rush the picks. Dude, he's dude, he's massive. He's 6'10", 250. Like, set your body, set the pick. Nobody's really going to be able to get around him. And so, yeah. it's like, at least you're freeing up the point guard to potentially dish to, like, a Reeves, like you had mentioned, or a Durham or, you know, somebody, another guy who's ready to kick it for three. Or – you know, that, that person now has a lane to the basket, or right. if they double, or they double, they just throw it up to Nate. Yeah, and Nate, sure. And Nate, Nate doesn't have to roll it necessarily. He can pick and pop, too, because he's been hitting those shots. So, like, um, I would like to see them not rush the pick aspect. Like, really hold your ground, make them work around you. Because um, I think you hit the nail on the head. They need to find more creative ways to get him the ball. Because eventually everybody's, like, clear. everybody's just going to be like, okay, let's do what we did against Wisconsin. Let's just front him. <laughs> And for some reason, we just can't get him the ball unless it's Horkler giving the, you know, the pass. Yeah, I mean, yeah, that high-low with Horkler has worked several awesome. times this year. Great awesome. play. Uh, it's worked every time. It's amazing. Um, but, yeah, I, I just don't get it. I, I think we were – I think we have been better in pick and roll overall compared to other years. But, like, I, I feel like we should feature it more. And another thing about, like, the screens, I'm thinking maybe, like, Maybe I'm just not smart enough in terms of basketball terms. Maybe like that's what the flex is all about: setting quick screens and kind of just yeah. flashing, flashing quickly. I mean, that could be a big part of it. But like, yeah, I don't know. But I mean, I I think Nate Watson will have. I think he'll. I think Nats can give him a little bit of fits, but overall, I, I like again, nobody stopped him so far this year. Like his efficiency is unreal. Like he's a walking bucket inside the paint. Yeah, like what is he averaging from the field now? If you look, I'm just guessing off the top of my head, but yes, it has to be above 70%, right? Like, is that too crazy? Or close. To no, I think it's definitely close. Uh, let's see. He, sh- I mean, and he was like up there last year, too. And also the um, 70%, it's not like it's like seven of 10. <laughs> dude, you see 74% from Florida. That is absurd. <laughs> that is ridiculous. He's our leading scorer. He's missing one in four shots. That is ridiculous. Like, how do you not see that? How do you not see that and say, okay, maybe, you know, maybe we should get him the ball some more. I mean, he's averaging if that, if that, if that dips, game, but like, if that yeah. dips till if that dips to like sixty percent, you're still in a great freaking place, dude. He shot sixty percent last year, so like, yeah. Um, so yeah, we'd love to see him get the the rock more. Um, I think you're gonna need another dynamic game from Alder. Um. You know, we talked about in the Wisconsin game how we felt like he might have pressed a little bit, kind of had an up-and-down game. Finished finish out with a solid game. I think he had, like, 13 points. But we were looking for him to bounce back in the UNH game, and he certainly did. Uh, I believe he had 19 points in that one. Um, he was perfect from the line, 7-7. Seven seven. Uh, he didn't turn the ball over, I don't believe. Um, so you're going to need – he had three assists. You're going to need a good out there. 
um, on Monday night for sure. Yeah. Um, and then I think, you know, I, I think the guards are going to have to have another game similar to UNH where scoring was there. I mean, mostly that was carried by Durham, but Breed chipped in six. Uh, Biden only had three points, only played 18 minutes. I mean, that's another development to think about um, whether or not they're going to move towards Al Durham being more of this primary ball handler. Uh, handler. Um, that, that's something to look at. But I think as a whole, your guards need to just take care of the basketball. Northwestern's a team that doesn't turn over that much. They're at nine a game. Um, so you're going to want to take care of the ball yourselves and then get others involved. Um, Get, get a good assist to turnover ratio and then hopefully Durham breed can pour in some of the points there. Yep. Um, I think, I think we might just and I, another guy, 33 minutes last game. Um, I could see them wanting to play him a lot on your guy, Casey Simmons, freshman yep. kid, go against a senior guy that can bully him, take him out of his game. Uh, I think that would make you very happy. Because if Casey Simmons goes nuts, you're going to be freaking out tomorrow. Or I love, today. I, well, I love, I love Mania. I could do without the three balls, but I, lo- I love it. He might be one of my surprise favorite players of the, on the entire team. And every- it's funny thing you say that because going into it, I said you might hate Mania. I, I he is everything you want in a glue guy, an X Factor, you know, every single generic label. Yeah, but like the threes, I was concerned because like. I mean, there's pe- plenty of glue guys that you haven't liked. Uh, like Isaiah Jackson, Tyler Harris, guys. Well, I Isaiah, I, Isaiah Jackson and Harris would also have like these bonehead plays where you're like, uh, I don't know what's going on here. I mean, they were they did have some bad turnovers over, over their PC careers in some bonehead plays. I will admit that. Um, but yeah, uh, I, I think you know I. I think PC should be able to score on them, especially with Watson. Um, you know, we got to defend though. That's another thing. I feel yeah. like you got away with you got away with it a bit against um, Wisconsin. Good defensive effort by the Flyers, but at the same time, I think you know Wisconsin's just not that great of an offensive team at the moment, especially without uh, Johnny Davis, their leading scorer in that one. But um, you know, PC is going to have to continue to build these defensive games. Only give up 58 points to UNH, which I thought was encouraging. That's a team that's been scoring over 80. Obviously, different competition, but point remains. Um, yep. PC is going to have to have another good defensive effort in this one, I think, too. I agree. So, but uh, any other thoughts in the first game? No, I'm, I'm excited. Yeah. Going into uh, going to the fifth game undefeated is a good place to be. I think everybody thought we'd probably have one loss by now. So uh, let's hopefully keep the good vibes rolling and uh, win win game one with us uh, both both there in person. All right, sweet. Well, all right. So so kind of let's wrap this thing up. Uh, Feast week. It's it's been underway for about a week now. Gotta say, one of my favorite. I mean, obviously March Madness conference tournament season. I love too, but Feast week is pretty underrated, man. Just hoops all throughout the day. Um, some really good action, good tournaments going on. I mean, wh- what are your thoughts from the country as a whole th- that you've um, been intrigued about? I have a big East slant here, but uh, 
Marquette's got to be one of the top stories, whether you're a Big East fan or not. They look fantastic. Shaka Smart, Texas fans are probably like wondering what the heck. I mean, they have Chris Beard, so they're not complaining too much. But um, <laughs> Shaka Smart seems like he's found his mojo back. Uh, Xavier looks fantastic. Had a nice win against Ohio State. Um, and that's without Fremantle, too, which is really important. Um, Nunji looks like the real deal. Um, North Carolina looks like they're going through some growing pains. I think I think um, it's going to take a little bit to get rid of the lackadaisical approach to defense that Roy Williams had. He often just said, let's outscore everybody. I think you um, – I think Huber Davis is trying to fix that, but it's going to take probably a year because uh, they certainly have talent. Um, trying to think yeah, I mean, it's, it's kind of funny. Like, I was watching UNC a little bit. They are yeah. talented, um, but they're really young for – it's kind of funny, like for this year, especially they're really young. If you think about it, uh, yeah. they're not, there are a lot of big time recruits from last year that are sophomores now. Um, obviously you still got Baycott there. Who's a beast, but yeah, I mean, UNC's, you know, they play tough schedule too. So like long way to go, but I kind of towards your point, I think it's very interesting thus far, the way non-conference has gone for the big 10 and, um, and even uh, the SEC, for that matter. Um, yep. It's been pretty rough. And those are two of the conferences that people thought would be the best going into this thing. And I think a big thing, I, I think the reason why you saw so much success in the Gavit games for the Big East was because a lot of these Big Ten guys transferred. Yep. A ton of them did. Uh, and a lot of them went to, to, to Big East programs. Um, Morsell at Marquette. Al Durham here, um, Nunji at Xavier. Uh, yeah. And those were guys that were starting players, rotational, like impact players at their respective stops. Uh, Armand Franklin, another one, goes to ACC country. But um, I think Big Ten kind of overestimated the amount of talent that they lost in that league sure. due to transfer. Sure. Granted, you have transfers all around the country, but Big Ten especially. Like they got hit. Yeah. They got hit. They got hit really hard. For sure. Um, I mean, even Colbert almost transferred. <laughs> so that, that was weird. Yeah, that was very weird. But uh, you know, I, I think the Big Ten will will be fine overall. You know, they get in the conference play, they'll beat each other up. People will, you know, think they're great again. Uh Purdue got a good win against Nova today. Uh come back. Um yeah, man, it's shaking out to be a very interesting season. DePaul, That's really my DePaul. main takeaway. How about DePaul, too? Yeah, yeah. Uh, dude, DePaul, I, I was tweeting out, this David Jones guy, I'd never even heard of him. Good player. I'm telling you, we, we, I don't think the Demons are going to be an easy sweep this year for any team. Yeah. Uh, I'm telling you, Tony Subfield is doing something right in Chicago. Uh, but, yeah, it, those are my takeaways. I just love Feast Week. Uh I'm actually, I got the Marquette, um, uh, Marquette St. Bonaventure game on right now. The Golden Eagles are trailing at half. So, actually, I want to ask a quick question to you. Yeah. You, you kind of alluded to this earlier. If PC wins this tournament and it goes to 7 0, are they ranked the following Monday? Absolutely. It seems like you would say yes. Yes. I would have said no if a team like Marquette won this game because then if you think about that like Marquette like 
I just don't see them vaulting all these Big East teams in the top 25 all of a sudden. Why? They're, why? They're performing. I, I understand that, but like – But like, but like if you – forget forget that it's a Big East team. If you were to say team, team A beat Wisconsin, they beat Northwestern, they beat Virginia or Georgia, and they're also, yeah. unde- they're also undefeated. 7-0 and is 7-0, and and it, those are against – it's not like – Cupcake games. So, it's, are you telling me it's not like UConn schedule so far? Yeah, is that it's, not what you're like, me? it's not like UConn schedule at all. That's a good point. Okay. Okay. Interesting. Um, yeah. I mean, I see what you're saying for sure. I, I just, I just don't know how a team that wasn't wasn't even getting votes, you know, who, who knows what what happens on Monday's poll. Um, as we said, we're recording on Sunday, but uh, you know. I, I just think it'll be hard for a team that doesn't have any votes to just vault into the top 25 two weeks later. And it's one thing if you're Marquette because you beat a top 10 team, you know? Yeah. P- PC would have no wins over ranked opponents. They have good wins, but no wins over ranked opponents. Well, I think I think if they win tonight, come uh, come Monday when the polls are out, I think they'll – if they win tonight, they'll be a top 15 team, potentially top 20. Marquette? Yeah, yeah. Okay. Yeah, I mean, yeah. I, I think for sure Marquette – I think they might even get in if they lose to to the Bonnies at this point because the Bonnies yeah. are ranked and the Bonnies are a good team. Um, but I, I don't know; it'll just be interesting because yeah. I mean, you got you got to imagine seeing Hallsmith ranked too on Monday. Yep, they're undefeated. They went to Michigan. They have the best win out of anyone in the country right now. So yeah. I don't know. I'm hopeful, but I just don't see it. But we'll see. Um, all right. So, like we said. Boots on the ground in Newark for the Roman Legends Classic presented by Old Trapper Beef. It's a <laughs> you're laughing because you know I've been holding this joke for a while. I know, I know. It's a tournament sponsored by erectile dysfunction and beef jerky. It's amazing. So two thing, two things that go seamlessly together. <laughs> Unbelievable. Uh, I just find it so funny how this company Roman is just like all over this stuff and they specialize in erectile dysfunction and hair loss, just like men's problems. Some would say, some would say, some would say two guys going to a game on a Monday night in Newark is a problem, is a man's problem. So do you think they give samples out? Like they'll help you. I don't know. I guess we'll, I guess we'll find, I guess we'll find out. Won't we? We sure will. All right. So yeah, like we said, we'll be uh, there for, for Monday, Tuesday, at the Prudential Center for the tournament, um, uh, BSU. What's the bar? The people are saying. I think we're we're figuring out the spot, but I think the uh, the early favorite is Red's Beer Garden. I think the alumni group in New Jersey is having something there, and it's, it's a good spot. You'll like it. They have like it's like a nice German beer hall. It's a pretty cool spot. Cool. I mean, I'm in. Uh, I mean, the 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 Jersey. PC alumni group. I mean, that, that's essentially Providence College anyway, so... Yeah, exactly. exactly. <laughs> it's not much different. Yeah. Um, but yeah, we will be there. Uh, in terms of content, you know, follow us on Twitter, again, at Providence Crier, at BOC all day. Um, we'll have stuff for you these next few days. Um, in terms of recording, we're going to try and record stuff post-game, uh, get our instant reactions, yep. and then put, put together a pod that will probably come out Wednesday or something. Um, but yeah, that's what we got going. We're excited. If you're around, go into the game, hit us up, um, message me. Or Mike, at Mike, me, said, Mike said he's buying rounds for everybody. So BOC actually said that. Uh, yes. I, I never heard that until B- I heard that from BOC. That's um, yep. interesting. 
that I'd be cutting the bill for everyone. Yeah, hmm. very nice. Very nice of you. <laughs> wow. Such a good guy I am. Yeah. All right. Well, that wraps up another episode of the Province Prior Podcast. Again, follow us on Twitter. We're going to have a ton of stuff for you guys. Exciting week ahead. Feast week rolls on. Go Friars. Go Friars. Go. Man up in my city, I'm the truth, yeah. David Duke when I'm way up on the hoop, babe. Cross over, I might go to LEU. Heard they sleeping on me, well, let's take them back to school. PC, you know we on go, ayy. Feel like AJ Reeves when I'm off that pick and roll, ayy. Fall down, bounce back like Emmy Hope, I'm the alpha dog, Diallo. They was sleeping on me, that's what made me a savage. And you see me bumping, so we gon' let them have it, yeah. They don't want no static, we at the top just like the attic. This year we taking over March Madness. Man up in my city, I'm the truth.